Welcome back to The Detector Podcast. I'm Scott Hickman, founder of The Detector, where I write about tech innovations. And today, I am in discussion with Juan, a writer for Medium and recently a contributor to The Detector. We will be discussing Facebook, its impact on mental health, and the latest revelations from Francis Morgan's testimony. This was originally a Twitter space we held together last Saturday, which explains why the audio quality is slightly lower than usual. Enjoy. The latest news around Facebook, which is, of course, the whistleblower, Francis Horgan. Francis Horgan, yes. Yeah, and um, I mean, I was just reading that and I was just like, I can't believe that they know what they're doing and they're just keeping it to themselves, carrying on as if nothing was happening. So mm-hmm. maybe we could go into a little bit more detail about what the investigate, what her testimony brought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, so the thing is that I was um, watching the the sixty minutes report, and yeah. uh, uh, for what I heard, and is like she exposed. Well, basically, what she leaked was like I think five things. The first one was, and and the most important one was the, the Facebook. I mean. Uh, that Facebook knew exactly what you were saying. That uh, knew that they were toxic, and they and they also uh, they were uh, harmful for teenagers. Yeah. I mean, mentally speaking, that is uh, probably the most consequential revelation that came out of a mm-hmm. testimony. I'd say, yeah, yeah, um, and in other in other things that she leaked, that they were like. Uh, the celebrities had preferences on their publication on Facebook, and also that um, the the most impactful for me, uh, apart from that, from from the mental from the mental health, it was that they knew that they were like allowed to publish fake news in order to get you mad, because that's the thing about the the data that. Facebook hasn't you I mean they for what I read uh, a few months ago like we, for example with this thing about the app tracking transparency uh, they say that they don't know who you are but based on all the information that collect about you they can make like a perfect image of who you are so yeah. if they if they know who you are they know your emotions they know what you eat you, they know what you like to watch what you like to to shop what you what are your preference in politics what are you yes. what, what do you think about I think, basically everything <laughs> yeah i think like for example the politics side of things is such an important factor i mean if you go back a few years think about the cambridge analytica scandal mm-hmm. i mean that directly showed that all this data that Facebook had been gathering was then able to profit um, Cambridge Analytica. And that was, and it was, it's been proven that Cambridge Analytica had close ties to the Conservative Party in the United Kingdom. The investigation by Channel 4 News showed Mm -hmm. them literally talking to, well, of course it was fake, um, members of political parties or lobbyists uh though well, of course they were actually channel 4 news um investigators mm-hmm. and channel 4 news got them to basically admit everything that they were doing on camera 
And mm-hmm. I just think it's crazy that since then, I mean, not really much has happened uh, data-wise uh, in sort of restricting what they are allowed to collect from us. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of bit by bit, uh, I've been, uh, this is, I mean, I've been reading this article from The Guardian, which is basically showing um, different, um, how different business people think um, the future of um, Facebook is going to be. They debate the company's future, basically. Mm-hmm. And so they've been showing, I mean, they've been basically saying that to sort of solve this, these issues, Facebook has just done these incremental changes mm-hmm. that, that were basically worthless to sort of cover up the issue. So Cambridge Analytica, they probably did some small change then it gets forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, there's these allegations of Russian interference. They do a small change and that gets forgotten about. Mm-hmm. But now I, re- I really think we're at this stage where the EU, for example, is definitely trying to crack down on what data they're allowed to collect from us. So, for example, they have, of course, they have the GDPR, the General Data Protection Rules, mm-hmm. in place. And I feel like there's definitely some momentum to make those rules stricter, specifically around, for example, the um, data collection from social from social networks. And I think now with Francis Horgan, the US Congress people are probably going to start waking up and hopefully um, start implementing some change. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and I mean, the, the thing that uh, actually I was, I was watching uh, well, uh, there was, I think, last year, but I was watching th- this uh, documentary on Netflix that it was the the social dilemma. Uh, they, yeah, they, cool. yeah, no, they explained cool. like all of this, <laughs> and mm. yeah, it was uh, like you said, it's, it's incredible uh, what Channel Four did and how they manipulate. Because I remember that in one of the shots of the the documentary. Uh, they were asking like a uh, pedestrian and all an old man and they were like but uh, why do you vote to for for the brexit and they was like yeah we voted but we we didn't know the the consequences of what exactly it implies to go to be out of the of the eu you know so yeah mm-hmm. uh, and i think i mean the, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brexit, I mean, that is a whole other sort of topic to discuss. You don't even <laughs> want to get me started. You don't even really want to get me started on Brexit. I mean, right, right. Especially, as a, especially as a Brit living in France, I can't tell you. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, and, and it has been proven that social networks have played a huge role in political decisions like general elections or Brexit, for example, and just... And even, you know, like elections in the US and things like that, misinformation being spread. Mm. And again, I mean, this was another investigation from Channel 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, though, but I do recall that they found that the Trump campaign was looking at Facebook data. Mm-hmm or at least different social network data, I can't remember if it was maybe Facebook or Twitter, mm-hmm. to then target voters that they think could be swayed. Yeah. So it just shows the sort of the, the huge sort of hold that these social networks have on our lives. 
And that's yeah. why I think that, I mean, Frances Horgan and what she's now saying, it hope, I mean, I hope will finally sort of wake people up and get things moving in regulating these huge, these huge companies. The, yeah, the most impactful thing also is that when she was de- declaring, she says something like, but I mean, the problem is not that Facebook don't know how to, doesn't know how to solve it. They know how to solve it, but the thing is that mm, they don't want exactly. to. Like, mm, so th- that's, I don't know. It's, it's really, I don't, I don't find this frustrating. Word. Also frustrating, but disappointing. It's really disappointing that companies that are popular as, as Facebook, that they know that they are so impactful. Uh, they, I mean, if it is for, I, I don't buy the thing that they say that if it is, that it is for money, I don't believe it's just for money. There, there's some, there might be something deeper because they're the most popular platform in the world, I think. But yeah, uh, I don't think it can just be a money problem because I mean, they are already incredibly wealthy. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, you know, just that, that power outage from yesterday lost them uh, from yesterday, from a few days ago, lost them 6 mm-hmm. billion. So they can't, they're hardly not doing well for themselves. But I mm-hmm. think it's, I think what plays a role in why they're so desperate not to change the way they operate is because mm-hmm. the current way they operate mm-hmm. keeps people on Facebook. It keeps people addicted to it, basically. Where, you know, it, whether it's for the, I mean, often for the wrong reasons, like, you know, of course, we're going to come on to this later, more sort of the mental health side of things but even though it's horrible that girls for example are so badly impacted by instagram not changing their policy keeps them on instagram it keeps them using the service which is why i think they're so reluctant to change their ways because actually i think they were i don't know if they are doing it they're done it or they are not doing it anymore but i heard also that they were planning to do an instagram for for teenagers for on their yes. pages yes right? i heard of that yeah 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 mm, so i hope that they don't do it anymore because uh i, I don't know I, I think it will be if they don't change the way that they operate um it would be really harmful and i think that that's why they have these uh open battle with with apple because at least apple is doing the like quite the opposite uh with the not just with the app tracking transparency but also with the screen time that they wanted to at least show you and i think this this is something that at least it should do facebook by default like uh if they don't want to change but at least to show how much time do you spend in the app you know Mm. um for example iphone it's something that they're doing it with basically all the apps, not just their own apps, all the apps that they have in the app stores. So they show you at least like, all right, by the end of the week, they show you a summary about, uh, listen, you have been, you've seen, uh, I don't know, WhatsApp for uh, five hours a day, for example. Yeah. Uh, and that's a way to make conscious, I think, because... Otherwise, if you don't see like real numbers on your phone or any platform that can tell you like how much time are you procrastinating in something, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't change also your behavior, because at least I think if Facebook don't want to, to change the way that uh, they operate, at least, uh, as you said, that people finally start to wake up and 
get conscious of how harmful is this platform and not just by the time yeah. that I just paint on the screen but what you're consuming on in there mm. yeah because i mean for a while now apple have done their weekly screen time report where they detail mm-hmm. how much time you spent on social networks how much time you spend watching netflix how much time you spend reading articles mm-hmm. and sure that's good but it doesn't really go into the detail of what you're consuming on mm-hmm. those platforms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's probably the most important thing is that people really need to start ha- taking a look mm-hmm. at what i mean especially for teens i mean we're going to we, we should probably go into more detail mm-hmm. into the uh, teens. about uh, yeah mm-hmm. about uh, sort of the mental health impact but mm-hmm. especially that mm-hmm. sort of show you know find out what your teenagers are consuming through Instagram or through Facebook or through whatever social network, to be honest. Yeah, one of the things that uh, uh, Francis Hogan was saying that, that uh, in a way that it's impactful for and, and it's harmful for teenagers because they show, for example, when you're a teenager, um, you want maybe maybe you're not fat, maybe you're a normal person, but you want to look like all the models that you that you follow on Instagram and, and also with the guys that uh, they they don't whatever they are in the type of body they have but they see all the actors for example they see that they're really strong and they want to be like them and, and not just like that because there are also like streamers or other public figures that are also mm-hmm. teenagers but I mean you cannot compare the uh, the first the the social life the lifestyle they have and and secondly I mean one of the things that I don't like about Facebook or Instagram is that um, if you think about it uh, behind the picture that you see on the feed there's a lot of editing I mean <laughs> oh yeah yeah so, it's like you just show. Uh, it's not like here, but we're talking. There's no edit, and what we're what we're saying, we were saying, and we cannot edit. But the thing is that on on Facebook and on Instagram, what you post, uh, you show just a little fragment, just a, a little frame of of your life, and it's something mm-hmm. fake because you literally post in order to look good on that pictures and that influence. And of course. The, the important thing is here is that um, when you're a teenager, you're not aware because you're in the process of learning of, of these things that you're not aware that these things are fake because, uh, or maybe you are, but you're not, uh, you don't have like, your mind is you not that, that mature, for example. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it needs to be like, maybe in school or maybe the, also the influencers, for example, to make a small example, for example, um, I don't know if you heard that also this week, there was, there were some leaks about on, on pitch and, uh, on pitch, they leaked the, all the information about the most influential, uh, no, students. I haven't heard of that. Well, well the, the thing is that the most influential, uh, Twitch, uh, Twitcher, I don't know how they call, uh, they yeah. like the, the salary. And one of them, uh, at least here, the most popular uh, in Spain, uh, his name is Ivai. 
he said like yeah they leak my 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 salary but and uh, he explained that this is this is one chance in a lifetime that, that he was lucky that that is not real because uh, he he said also that he was really worried that teenagers want to want to stop and not going to school anymore because they want to twitch because they know that if I is twitching and all the what he do in twitch is just play video games and earn a lot of money he says like no yeah you should study because what i have done is just lucky i mean it's just going to be uh one chance in a lifetime you can you can like make an effort about for for this but keep going on your studies so it's the same thing applies. yeah no, that's something that's something i completely agree with um mm. that these sort of teenagers or even sometimes younger will see um youtubers or influencers or twitch streamers you know whatever the platform is <laughs> and um and they'll think you know well this looks so easy i can do that mm. but the problem is is that yes sure it might be good it, it, it is good i mean you know we 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 both create content you know i i we both i mean we both write mm. but um and that's a great thing to do um on the side but you should never sort of give up give up your studies exactly. to just to just go in and say okay i'm now going to become a youtuber or i'm now going to become a twitch streamer and just invest all your time into that because imagine if it doesn't work out mm. then you've got nothing to fall back onto mm. so yeah so one of the things that what i want to say that at least uh they knowing that they are so influential with the teenagers and they, because they know the target and they have a specific niche. So maybe those celebrities that knows that, okay, my specific niche are teenagers that are watching me uh, to play um, uh, to play video games or they watch me to all my Instagram stories that I'm going to expensive restaurants or whatever, but to educate them and, and tell them, just like if I said, like, all right, uh, but this is one time, one chance in, in a lifetime, but you shouldn't keep, you, you should keep studying, and, but to, mm. to educate them and tell them, just like they show the picture of whatever they're doing in the in their life in your, their life also tell them like this is not real like tell them literally this is not real this is what this is just a frame of or of yeah. my life and this i'm doing this because behind this i have i don't know i i have companies that uh, pay me to promote this kind of a specific product or whatever yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah maybe it could be yeah i mean sort of whole thing with like paid promotions and things on on instagram i mean sure it may look good but you know there's a whole business behind these things and it's nothing you is it's not something you can sort of just go into lightly and it doesn't happen to everybody exactly. so you know you need to make sure and i i think that either maybe through education at schools or hopefully i mean preferably through facebook or instagram themselves to show that this is not you know it's not possible for everybody. It's not some, it's not like this is not, you shouldn't idealize these influences because there's just so many things in the background that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
because actually I was thinking about, for example, but I, I don't know. I was just randomly thinking about the cigarettes. For example, when you see the 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 case the the box when you buy a cigarette, you have a, mm. a, an image of how harmful it is. But people, yeah. but people still are there smoking. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, especially in France, I can tell you. <laughs> Here in Barcelona, um, they. Oh yeah, of course, it's Spain. Yeah, Spain <laughs> and France. I mean, two two of the sort of the biggest smoking countries mm. there are, and yeah, I mean, of course, those. I mean, I've seen you know, those images are horrible. Mm. I don't personally smoke, and I find those those images disgusting. But <laughs> it doesn't doesn't stop people from doesn't stop people from doing it. Mm, yes, and I think that I, I think that's something that it, that you know social media misses. You know, mm. it's harmful but it doesn't show you it's harmful so that's how easily that's how you can easily be sort of drawn in and then stuck in the platform mm-hmm. maybe it could work i don't know but it would be a, like a good way like literally showing like any specific studies like okay this is harmful because of this because of this or because of this and uh, yeah it could be a way. Maybe. I mean, I think that would probably be. I think that would. I mean, that would be great. But I think that would probably be very hard to implement yeah. on the social network itself. Yeah, of course. It's- Mate, that would probably. I mean, of course, people should be educated about that, you know. But I don't. I don't see any future where social media is actively saying, you know, we are bad for you. Do not consume <laughs> us too much. I mean, that that's just ne- that's, ne- that's never going to happen. Yeah, of course. The only the only way it could happen, of course, is through laws. Mm. I mean, that's what happened with cigarettes. You know, laws were put in place to show the the damaging effects of of cigarettes on the packets. Mm. If that could be done with social media, who you know, then maybe then maybe that would be possible. That's why they need the regulations. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I think the general data protection rules, the GDPR, is so important. Because it, it sort of it provides a central uh, regulation for the whole of Europe. I mean, obviously not the UK anymore. <laughs> that's that's um, that's a different issue. Yeah. Um, it, and it's and it sort of so and it shows because the US is much lighter on regulation. I think compared to compared to Europe, but because the EU, you know, groups most of uh, the European countries and has this law in place, mm. it sort of shows this front on on these social networks, you know, sort of to hold them back, because mm. they know that if they go too out of line, the GDPR can sort of implement new rules, and hopefully, I hope they'll do that at some point especially to protect teenagers from the platform. Because even they don't have, uh, I'm asking, they don't have like uh, a similar law, right, about the G- GDPR? Um, I mean, I'm not an expert in GDPR. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be studying law soon, but... Um, oh, really? Congrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm applying to, to do a law degree next year which I'm looking forward to very much. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, you know, maybe uh, hopefully I'll, I'll learn more about that. But currently I'm not an expert, although I, I do know, <laughs> I, I do realise how important the, how, how important GDPR is. Yeah, and I think that that Europe, because I mean, we're both, some, we're both from Europe, mm-hmm. I think the European Union should definitely try and put more effort into regulating these social networks. 
for mm. teenagers, whether that is, I mean, I think I read this somewhere that, uh, I can't remember if this was for a social network or something else that you would need to, or maybe this was even just an idea of a way to protect mm-hmm. children or teenagers on social networks would be to have your ID. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, teenagers lie about their age yeah, when course. signing up to Instagram. I mean, that's nothing new. Nobody's surprised by that. Um, <laughs> but if they were forced to provide ID or if they were forced um, to have their parent or legal guardian sign off on them using the app, I think that could definitely be a huge step forward in in regulating what they get seen. And then depending on their age, depending on the age that is on the ID, Facebook will then, or Facebook or Instagram, will then filter what they think or what the EU, you know, and other countries think is appropriate for that age group. Something like they do with, the, for example, with the TV, right? For example, they yeah. they show you what, uh, what if you need to parent guide or it's, I don't yeah, know, exactly. teenager, yeah. yeah. It could be or later. Mm, actually, it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, mm. I think we've just come up with a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Which will send it yeah. to you and you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, uh, another thing that, that I was thinking about uh, just randomly is I think um, also the the foundation, I, I don't know if I'm going too, too far, but I think also the foundation of the of the of each platform dictates uh, how they are going to be useful or not because if you think about it for example randomly uh twitter is a space where you basically share in just a 100 random ideas uh, yeah random ideas on 108 yeah. characters but but you're you're sharing your ideas and for example medium you are uh, sharing stories, like a, yeah. a story extended ideas, but the the foundation behind it is that just you're sharing something. It could be valuable or not. But if you think about it, Facebook was um, the foundation was something like Tinder because actually uh, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. made, made this profile on the university just to find some girl to hook up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just to sort of to re- basically to review the the cuteness of girls at his university. So, of course, I think, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The sort of the way the platform is conceived mm. will sort of dictate the future of that platform and how that platform is going to, how that platform is going to, to work in the future. Mm. And then I think that's, that's a very good point that I hadn't thought about before. Mm. Yeah. Because I think of- sort of each platform has its own sort of objective, like... Mm. Like, as you said, you know, Twitter, I mean, I use Twitter personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I often post a lot of political stuff. I just sort of fleeting, you know, fleeting ideas that sort of come through my head. I just, you know, I tweet them out. Mm-hmm. And then Medium, more for like, you know, I, I either write articles or I write articles mm-hmm. on my blog mm-hmm. um, for more long form content. And then Instagram, you post images and Twitter and Facebook, you post everything. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and I, I completely agree that the way that the platform is conceived initially will have a big impact on how it how it works throughout its future. And now we're, that... getting, now, now we're getting to that point where mm-hmm. um, we need to start regulating Facebook because it wasn't conceived initially in a particularly good way. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think for the first time, the I think the most important thing is that I think in the U.S. for the first time they they just don't just don't have uh, leaked information basically or investigation independent investigation for example with uh, the the one that made Wall Street Journal but also they have for the first time someone that is backing up those those leaks they're they're showing that I was like all right I was I was inside the the company I know and I know what's going on so I can mm. provide you valuable information about what's going on and about how the algorithm works at least what I have knowledge about this and uh, I can tell you for the first time that uh, they know how to solve it but they just don't want to so in order uh, to fix that problem uh, basically what at least that's what I felt from from Hogan it was like Facebook won't change anything, so I need your help, and that's that's why she leaked this information so to saying yeah. the U.S. government. Like, I need your help. I need like you may allow to relay this those things, like something like what you said that, for example, here in in Europe we have the GDPR to figure out and maybe work on something like that in the U.S. Mm, absolutely, and I think the the way that she's sort of been tackling. Um, about sort of testifying and almost almost seeming sort of desperate, like, you know, please help me try and find a solution to this, I think makes her very credible. It mm. makes her, her, test, her, her testimony very credible. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I think this is not the last we're going to be hearing about this. And I think we'll definitely be seeing more from this story mm. either in the coming weeks or... I mean, even you know, a long time into the future, because I think now she, I think, I mean, I might be wrong, but I feel like she's sort of starting a movement um, of trying to get a handle on these social networks. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, and I hope the same thing because at least I, I know that you don't want to touch the topic, but at least that this is the same that happened with Cambridge Analytica, for example. That mm. one one person started to testify, and then suddenly all all others follows people that they were yeah. they were working there mm. and now and now the company is gone <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so and i mean i, I don't want I, I don't have anything against facebook but uh i don't want them going precisely but at least that they regulate how they work no how absolutely. they operate yeah. because i mean i mean i think you know this is an, a topic for another day but um mm-hmm. and, and we discussed even talking talk about this uh, sometime in the future Mm-hmm. Although there are obviously all these problems with social networks, um, especially for younger younger people, you know, for teenagers and stuff, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we should just get rid of them. I mean, at this point, that, that wouldn't even be possible to get rid of Facebook or Instagram because they mm-hmm. are still they're, they're vital to many people, which was shown through the outage the other day that how how much of an impact it has on so many people's lives because i mean people do business through these social networks people stay in touch through these social networks Mm. um content creators share their share their stuff through these social networks i mean if i didn't have facebook or twitter you know probably quite a few less people would read my articles for example so Mm. i mean there's definitely there's a lot of benefits to social media Mm, but we've got we've gotten to the point where those benefits are starting to be outweighed by all of these problems that are starting to emerge. 
Yeah, and actually, I was I was thinking that I was thinking about the, the side effects that about the the mental issues, and I was thinking also about something related with the with the lockdown because for I mean for the the COVID pandemic and mm. and some something that I I was aware because I have friends also in in America and in Latin mm-hmm. America that of course the, the pandemic hit different really different in every part of of the world in yeah for example we, we had like a complete lockdown here in Europe and I think also in the UK right uh, yeah absolutely and, uh, but for example in Latin America uh, at uh, for example, my roommate is from Peru, and he told me that they they never had like a complete lockdown. They were like using mask, uh, but they never had like a complete lockdown where you were just able to go to the supermarket, to the drugstore, to the pharmacy, or mm-hmm. or to to go to work if if you're allowed to to go to work. And the thing is that uh, what I'm trying to say is that now that we are going back to normal, or kind of normal. Um, Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the what I, one thing that I, that I was thinking about what uh, Tim Cook said that the next uh, the next pandemic will be a uh, mental health crisis, and he was quite right because uh, a part of the side effects of being in for such a long time in a lockdown. Also, uh, it has to be with social media because, uh, for example, here uh, right now that we're quite quite okay in Latin America, they are not. And for example, I, I was I was just thinking it uh, when when I was in lockdown, I I was basically watching uh, Instagram by night, and at that time when we were on lockdown, I saw yeah. some of my Latin American friends that they were not in lockdown and they were like going to a party or whatever they going to the bars in the night mm-hmm. and uh i think it's, it's I, I mean i wasn't in depression uh but i was i was said that yeah I, I wasn't able to do that and i'm thinking if in the mind of a teenager to see for example people for example you're not allowed to to go to the bars or whatever because you're younger and you don't have the money and you see your friends mm-hmm. or your other friends that you're going to to the bars to the restaurant there and vacations or whatever uh that generates you anxiety and depressions and because they what the platforms are giving you is that that the formal you know that the fear that you're missing something else absolutely and i think that's something that it hits especially if you're a teenager because basically at that age uh, you basically want to to eat the world the entire world <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah yeah so basically it has to be uh something about the formal yeah, yeah absolutely mm. um well i don't know if uh you want to discuss anything else uh, uh about this topic i think we we have covered like really good i think yeah i think we covered a lot of ground <laughs> yeah and uh actually I, I would like to make a part two about uh all the all the things up, about what happening about the brexit because <laughs> i'm in, yeah. interested about that but we'll have it for another day but it will be yeah, fine no yeah for for another day yeah um what do you mean like for through like sort of social networks or just sort of discussing um brexit in general mm, no i think with social networks yeah yeah 
because I, thought. yeah because uh, it's really not just bad because of the brexit but also like you said about the how they manipulate the u.s elections uh, yeah i mean i think that would definitely be, be um a great topic for um a future a future mm. <laughs> a future talk um a future <laughs> session would be um just so i mean i'm sure this has been discussed before but i mean it's a very interesting topic of how sort of social mm. networks tie in with manipulation in the political world the political sphere mm. and they're very Because, influential I mean, yeah right. absolutely i mean and um and like for example you watch videos of people in the u.s and they say oh i just get all my news through twitter mm-hmm. and i'm like oh, i mean that's just that's just terrible. You know, you can't get all your news through Twitter because Twitter has an algorithm, yeah. just like Facebook, just like every other social network that will filter what you see. Mm. Once you, you, you might tweet one, you can, you, you, you'll tweet once, make America great again. And then from that point forth, you will only get tweets in that sphere exactly. of, um, well, of, of that, of, in that political, in that political sphere. And you'll no longer see the other side of the argument. You'll only be just, you're stuck and you'll continue to get news, um, articles, um, whether they're true or not about, mm. about that, about that, about that, about your political opinion. Mm. And you're, and you're, and you'll never read anything else. And then you, you end up boycotting every, Uh, every reputable news outlet, like, you know, people saying in the US, oh, you know, CNN is fake news. I mean, CNN is, you know, I mean, I'm giving my opinion here, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't see why CNN would be called fake news. I, I don't see how, just because um, Trump has said it once doesn't now make that um, a truth. It doesn't make it um, always true. <laughs> um, but because they're stuck in this al- algorithm, they filter out all of that and they boycott Even they they even turn on on Fox News at one point one when when Fox News you know is forced to suddenly say oh well Trump does see it does seem like he has caused the insurrection at um, at Capitol Hill and they'll be like no now now Fox News is is fake news and um, and you know I'll just continue reading these obscure articles on Twitter from these obscure blogs or news outlets and I'll forget about all the reputable sources. Actually, yeah, that that is so true because uh, one of the things that I read by that time when they were in, well, when the election just passed and Donald Trump won, it was exactly like that, that, for example, someone in the United States was uh, worried ab- about, for example, migration. And they mm. just like, for example, they, they didn't even comment on, on the post, but just make a like, like, for example, I don't know, uh, migration will be harmful for the United States economy. And they just like the article. And since that moment, they were like having a lot of uh, news or maybe fake news about, about. Yeah, that absolutely. Mm, and I mean, the, the one thing that I think was quite good about Twitter, I mean, it still doesn't change much probably, but at least it's a step in the right direction is uh, you probably noticed that now if you try and retweet an article, they will ask you to read it first. Oh uh, yeah, true. Mm. And I think that's good. Mm. I don't know how effective it is because, I mean, personally, I mean, if I see an article, sometimes, mm. I mean, I'll, I'll try and read the article, but sometimes, mm. you know, like everybody, I just click retweet mm. and don't really think much about it. Mm-hmm. No, or something but that it can it does, happen. It does Go. remind you. 
No, yeah. It also happens to me because maybe it's an article with a headline that, uh, I mean, the headline could be similar to something that I watch on YouTube. And, and But I saw the... I, I watched before the the YouTube video and, yeah, exactly. uh, and the headline similar. And then I saw the article on Twitter and I was like, Oh, okay. So this guy is talking about what I just saw on, on YouTube. Then I'm going to tweet it, but maybe the content is different or the approach is different. Even the headline yeah. is similar. Mm, so, yeah, exactly. That's why, I mean, that's why I think, I mean, this is now sort of diverging a little bit off topic, but that's why I mm, think it's yeah. so important that when you're stuck in that algorithm, you make the effort, and this is another thing that should probably be taught, taught in schools. Mm. Um, you should make the effort to get out of that sphere and to check um, different sources from different sides of the argument mm. and then make up your own mind. Critical thinking, critical reading. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't, you can't just get all your news from an algorithm because then that basically that means that Twitter is now dictating what you should think. Mm. Uh just another thing to point out that it's related to what we were talking about uh, about Franz Hogan. I'm, I'm just reading and I realized this, but I didn't know what it was inside. Here in Barcelona, we have uh, a tower that is called uh, the Agbag the Tower. And it, mm-hmm. Facebook um, bought it like, I think, three years ago, two years ago. And I'm reading right now that this Agbar Tower, it was supposed to to filter fake news. <laughs> to fake news. What? Yeah, and uh, really, and it says that the, this article is from 2018. Yeah, and they're they're saying the article says that uh, Facebook is now having open positions to uh, hire community managers. <laughs> but I mean, mm. if they did that, it wasn't effective at all because they're having fake news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work at all. So yeah. But I think yeah, and again, a, a complete another and a complete other topic that should definitely be discussed mm-hmm. at a later point is sort of that that um, that fight between misinformation. And freedom of speech, because the, immediately the the comeback from whoever is being attacked is well, it's freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. But if that freedom of speech is mis- misleading and is impacting people's uh, way of thinking, mm. I think that you know social media's like Facebook sort of need to be held accountable for that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a very interesting topic that I've been meaning to either write about or talk about, but I have not had the time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. but we should, I mean, definitely, well, you know, something to um, to think about is that because I mean, the Twitter labelled like you know after the um, after the US elections, um, Trump was falsely claiming that there was widespread electoral fraud and. I'm glad that Twitter made the effort to label that as oh yeah true misinformation. Mm, but I mean, of course, for people who think that he was lying, that's great. You know, I'm glad that they're labeling that misinformation. Mm. But for people who think he's it's true, they're like, well, it's freedom of speech. You know, you can't start 
you can't start um, censoring what the president's saying, which mm. on the one hand I can understand, but on the other hand, I mean, he's blatantly, you know, speaking, you know, speaking lies. So that's, mm. that's the debate. That is the problem that, that we face is that sort of that conflict between how far does freedom of speech range mm. and are there things that should be censored? Definitely. Actually, that's one of the things that uh, Francis Hogan said, that the thing is that Facebook allowed to, for example, the, the Facebook allowed to, to make all this movement that Trump was doing about the, the capital, the capital mm. thing that happened in, in January when, uh, when uh, how was the name? What is the name of the president of the United States right now? President uh, Biden. <laughs> yeah, Biden. Uh, when Biden won the elections, I mean, mm. there was like, for example, just exactly what you said that uh, even Twitter de deleted his account, uh, but Facebook just allowed to provide a way to Donald Trump to manifest uh, himself and and tell yeah. people to go to the Capitol, and they did nothing until until later <laughs> when it was until until it was too late. Yeah, yeah, until it was too late, uh, they didn't do anything. So, yeah. Hopefully, we will see some changes in the in the U.S. regulations, and I I hope just as you that what Francis Hogan is doing is just uh, the first step of a big movement that we're going to to see in the near future. Mm. Uh, mm. Absolutely. That's it for this episode of the Detector Podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, follow us on social media and leave a rating on your podcast player. Juan and I may well be doing more Twitter spaces like this one in the future, so be sure to follow us on social media to listen to them live. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Detector Podcast. I will see you soon.